0: Uh, folks at home, folks at home, welcome back to a brand-new Ike Live show. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday. I know we are. Uh, we've got a great one for you tonight. Zell Roland, Woo! true goat of the sport, uh, great one of the greatest of all times, joins us in just a minute here. Also in our next segment, we've got Roy Hawk, two-time winner, of the uh, U.S. Open out there at Lake Mead. And Roy's a great guy as well. Um, Real quick, before we get Zell on, I I mentioned this uh, in in the Facebook Live earlier, but I wanted to real quick show you that I do match the furniture tonight with this flannel. (laughs) (laughs) And that wasn't, I didn't prepare that. This wasn't on purpose, but I do blend in very naturally with this Bass Pro Shops couch <laughs> in here, which is, which is kind of cool. I don't know. It is kind of cool. And then also want to mention that Jake brought this up tonight. Jake, by the way, was the first one in studio tonight. So it's funny how it happens. Jake's here, then Riz, then Brian, and uh, then about ten of – was it the other way? Yeah. All right, whatever. But well, then whatever. about ten yeah. of eight, I walk in. So – uh,
1: it, it was, it was more like, it was more like seven of eight, and, seven uh, of eight. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. But anyway, We're J- six. Jake but, was yeah. here early and I stuck my head in and talked to him and, and, and I'm like, yeah, Zell's coming on. I cannot wait, man. He's like the goat of the sp- He's one of the goats of professional fishing. And, you know, then we got Roy Hawk on and. And what did you say? Z- uh, you said we zake. have zake. zake. There it
2: is. <laughs> 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 zake. <laughs> zake,
0: what did you say? We have Mark animals it. on tonight. We hey, have.
2: You got a goat and you got a hawk. We have a go- goat and a hawk a on tonight. A, hawk.
0: a goat and a bird on tonight. So we have animals we on call tonight. call, zake. Yeah, zake is the first zake. name. Uh, that was funny. I just <laughs> wanted to bring that back up. But I am really, really excited, Brian. I mentioned to tell you this, uh, man. I, I know, me too. This is like, it's almost surreal because for me and you especially, because we're the oldest guys here in the room. Old as hell. We've been doing it for a long, long time. That's right. And we had heroes as kids. Yes. As young adults, right? Young men. And uh, this guy falls right in that list of guys that we were like, (gasps) you know, like.
3: "Ah."
1: Pre-show. Pre-show, I called. Alfonso and put him on speakerphone. Yeah. Because Chris drew. So real yeah. quick, the year after you won on Norman.
0: Yep. Right. We'd be at 90. Yeah, we'd be at 945, 96, right in I that. I think range you were 93. 93. So this would be and 94 This would have been ninety-four. Yeah.
1: Chris fished that Lake Norman uh invitational.
0: It was a top
1: one Pro am. Pro am yeah and and one of the four pros Chris Drew
0: was 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 Zell he drew out with Zell oh yeah yeah.
1: he's got some great Zell stories great yeah and Chris finished that event in second
0: almost won almost won that boat yeah Yeah, he
1: he threw one back that was a line burner Uh, uh, uh,
0: never throw them line burners uh, away uh let him grow in the but, live But book. this is <laughs> uh, yeah, right. let him grow. But this is one that I'm so excited to have him on. I cannot tell Same. you how excited I am to have Zell on. Uh th- this is a long time in the making to get him on the show. So without further ado, hit it. The the goat himself, Zell Rowland yeah. on Ike Live yeah. today.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, how you doing, Zell?
4: I'm doing good, man. How are
3: you?
0: Oh, it's so good to see you. It is so good to see you. I, I want to I want to start this off right away with a story for you. And, and I just, this puts in <laughs> perspective uh, of be how. Careful. It, I know, I know, I know. Th- th- this is like life, so we do have to be careful. Uh, it puts into perspective on how big of a moment this is for me personally, and I know for a lot of guys watching and listening tonight. Uh, but I was, uh, you know, in our teens, I would say 13 to 15, 16 years old, we love to go the, to the sport shows around here. So we went to Bassarama. We'd go to the one in Richmond, and we'd go to the Bash universities back then. And, and, and Zell, you were a fixture at a lot of these seminars. And I remember—I can't remember. It might have been like the one in Richmond. I can't remember, but I remember watching one of your seminars and listening, and you know, listening to you del- delivering the seminar. And after it was over, you would step to the side of the the hog trough, the bass tank, and you would you would sign autographs. And so I don't even I was like nervous and intimidated, and I you know I had like the the program from the show or whatever because I wanted an autograph you know from you. And it was funny because Zell, as nice as you are, I got to tell you that you were very intimidating. You were intimidating. And exciting to me as a young man. I'm, I don't know. You were like the Marlboro man. You know what I mean? You had, this, you had this air of intimidation to you. But I remember standing in line, and I was so excited, and I got your autograph, and I just, like, I almost didn't say anything because I was nervous. You know, I was, like, clammy and nervous, and you signed it, and, and I didn't say anything. I was just clammed up. I didn't say hi. I was just kind of, like, speechless. But I remember on the drive back – Looking at that autograph, and I said, "He's got the nicest handwriting I've ever seen in my life." (laughs) Did anyone ever tell you that before? You have beautiful handwriting, Zell.
4: Oh man, you know, all them years, all of us was at the classic, and we all signed autographs. And uh, nine times out of ten, I'd get, I'd get some woman go, "Boy, you can your name I can read your name." it, no, it's it's a pleasure, man. It's uh you've been one of the one of the upcoming guys in the sport all these years and been extremely successful. And I'm I'm glad to share this experience with you.
0: Well, this is this is great. And I also want to mention that when I was coming up, Zell, and I, I can vividly remember, you know, being out there early in my career and staying at hotels where you were a couple rooms down. Or, uh, you know, we were at a set of cabins or whatever, and you were staying at one of the cabins, dude, you always made me feel welcome even early in my career. And I really appreciate that. That meant a lot to me. Uh, I, I felt like an outcast. I still do all these years (laughs) later, but I really (laughs) felt like an outcast early in my career and, and you, you were always super nice and made me feel welcome. So thank you for doing that.
4: Well, I appreciate it. No, it's, uh, you know, we, guys like uh, myself, Denny Breyer, Nixon, I mean, you guys have been the future of the sport, and and uh, it is this part of what you do has really magnified the sport probably way more than what we magnified it back in those days.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's funny because we talk, uh, Riz, we've talked before, it's a lot of things are different in the sport, and a lot of things are the same. But the one thing I wanna bring up is, Zell, we have young anglers all the time. They're, they're listening, they're watching right now. We have high school anglers, we have college anglers, we have young adults listening and watching, and they're always contemplating how to do this for a living. I wanna do this, this is my dream. And one of, our, one of our things we always say is we're like, don't do it too early, right. take That's your right. time, right? Take your time, <laughs> go through the ranks. And as I say that, I do want to call something out real quick, and I know you've been called out in this before. Zell, you fished your first damn bass event at 13. <laughs> That's
3: right. You fished your that first awesome.
0: professional BASS event in 1970 at 13. Bass fishing was pretty much your one and only job. You, got, you just jumped right into it as, as, as a young man. Take me back to that. That had to be a magical time to be that young And be thrust into the sport like that.
4: You know, I was no different than you coming up at a young age where you were so ate up with fishing. Yeah. At some point when you were growing up, you said, I'm going to do this. And, you know, like when I was in junior high school, they would give out awards at the end of the year. And I was the kid that got the award for most likely reading Bassmaster Magazine in class. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I was scheduled to fish all those events. And then that's when Ray Scott goes, oh, hold on a minute. We'll go out for a stop this quick. And um, that's when they put the age limit on it. Yeah. And I I sort of carried a bitter Tasted my mouth about it, even after I turned eighteen. So I waited till I was nineteen to get back in it, and I still fished just as much. Yeah. And but when I turned nineteen and I graduated out of high school, uh, my dad asked me what I was gonna do, and I said I'm gonna go fishing.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
4: And uh, I was able to be successful. Uh, to some extent and and make a living
0: doing it. Uh, that's amazing to me. First of all, one of the first amazing things is at at 13, Brian the Carpenter, at 13, Zell created a rule in Bassmasters. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Congratulations on that because anybody that creates a rule in Bassmasters, I give you props because you're doing something really right or something really wrong. And but I think either you, way, but either Yeah, way, either way you create do, a rule. You're doing something. You're doing something yeah, and I give right. you props for that. But I want to ask you this, Zell, at, at 13 or even at 19, when you jump back into it, then if you could put yourself back in that position, could you ever imagine back then that you have, would have went on to win, you know, well over, you know, millions of dollars in, in, in tournament winnings? You know, the, the fame, the brand, the lures, the the prestige. Could Could you even imagine that back then? Was that even a thought?
4: No you know it really wasn't Mike, because it I mean it's when I get in a boat and i I get up on the deck of that boat, the rest of the world sort of goes away, yeah. and I've watched films of you fishing, and you know what that feeling is, like. yeah, and nine times out of ten, you know when you're gonna win, yeah, before the tournament's ever over, I could ask you going into the second day and you're going to look at me and say, you might as well pack your bags and go home. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's just, uh, I would have never thought I was in it to grow the sport. Yeah. And I, I have a deep passion for fishing period. I don't care. <clears throat> There's not too many fish in the ocean. I've, I mean, I've caught black marlin sailfish. And uh, it was funny because when I was three years old, uh, my father caught the world's record sailfish in Mazatlan, Mexico. When I was three, on fifty-pound test line. Wow! He, he had a my 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 mother and my dad and my mother. He caught the men's world record. She she had the woman's world record for thirty years. Wow. Couple. And uh, it was an IGFA world record, and uh, I was just, I don't care what it is, if it bites, I'm ready to swing.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you are a fish head.
0: I totally, I totally can relate to that, uh, being a fish head, just wanting to pull back on something. Um, Zell, I want to tell you the other thing, you know, when I look back on, you know, I don't want to call it being a fanboy, because I, I was. A lot of us were fanboy. Brian the Carpenter was. Uh, Dave Brodzik, who's another one of our guests are here that's not here tonight. We were all super fans of yours when we were young. But I was also like a student of watching what you did. And one of the things that you did really well, and I and I want to hear about this because it's so interesting to me, is that you were one of the first anglers— to really create a brand. You know, there were a lot of great anglers back then, but you had a brand. You had, you know, your signature became a brand. You started to become known as the top water guy, right? The pop bar was your thing. And you built this brand that, you know, it went above and beyond even your fishing. And I remember watching that and saying, man, he's doing this right. You know Zell is doing this right. This is how you grow a fan base right? You need a brand you need right. something for fans to attach to. take me back was that was that something that was that on purpose or did it just did it just happen like that
4: uh, well it, it sort of happened and you know and and the way it happened was I took a bait that um I I know you got one of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe not just like that one, but, <laughs> that one. <laughs> but uh, I I took a bait, and I I'm like you are when you're when you're in your shop, you like creating things. Yeah, and I knew this bait caught a lot of fish as it was. Yeah, but I wanted to know could it catch more. Yeah, and when i started sanding on the popper uh modifying it a little bit i actually i got what i call two for one i got a bait that would chug like an old lucky 13 and then i got a bait that if i fished it with my rod tip in the air it would the sound that the bait made is real close to how the sound a shad makes when he flicks the surface of the water.
5: Yeah.
4: And mm. So while I'm fishing the bait, I could change the sound and the action all all at the same time. And uh, I just got a real passion for. It's like Larry Nixon. Every time I'd catch fish, it it wouldn't make any difference if I caught them flipping. Larry would go. I know you caught him on a popper, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, you you get that tattooed on your forehead. Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. It it was awesome, and I uh, Brian Carpenter. I would go as far as to say mesmerizing when we would watch you back then, and and you know going back into time, it was like TNN, right? Bassmasters on was on TNN and. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember the episodes where you would be fishing that bait, and it was very mesmerizing to watch it. And and we wanted to get good at it. You know what I mean? We wanted, we watched it, and we said, "Oh shit, we got to learn how to fish that bait." You know. So I, I can't imagine how many pop R's were sold because of you, Zell. But I also want to say this: how many pop ours were ruined? because of you because <laughs> i i as a kid tried to modify it and they just turned to shit they yeah. couldn't they, they were i destroyed them you know i'd absolutely destroyed them uh but but that mecca that you created was incredible you know the buzz of and and there's not a more exciting way to catch a fish, Riz than than up on top. Maybe maybe a swim bait, but yeah. Maybe a swim bait, but I I Other than that, it's water. I would argue top water
5: is number one. If you were leading the first day of a tournament and you were to walk down the dock and look on the deck of other guys' boats, by day two would there magically be a bunch of poppers. (laughs) Great (laughs) question. You know
4: I I came through a lock one time. We were fishing a tournament uh and Larry Nixon was in the lock and Larry pulled up beside me and he looked over in the boat and he seen he seen that I had a popper tied on the end of my rod and he reached over and cut it off. He- <laughs> yes. <laughs> he goes, he goes, you know, and back in them days they ain't gonna give it back. He goes, I got one now. I said, Well, that's okay, you can have that one. And the guy with me in the boat goes. You know, he got the one you didn't catch one on. I said, that's right.
0: <laughs> you let him walk away with yeah. the the dud, the dud of the bunch. Uh, let me remind everybody, if you're watching tonight, you're watching a brand new Ike Live. Gave him the decoy. Yeah, you gave him the decoy. <laughs> we have uh, the goat of, of fishing on with us we'll tonight. Goat of, uh, all of all fishing. We've got Zell Roland. If you've got a question for Zell, please hit us up. We've got Jake from State Farm taking questions tonight. Uh, uh also known as uh, Jawbone Jake. And Zake. Zake. Also known as Zake. Full Metal Jake. Yeah. And we also cake. have Nake. And we have Nake. Okay. we got so, a lot of nicknames already. So we're starting. Yeah. But that's what yeah. we're working with so far. We got we got some. And I'm actually. I, I, I r- <laughs> Real quick while we're here. I've got one uh, over here on Facebook. Zell that's coming in. This one's from Steve Pellegrino. Oh. And Steve wants to know. The question. I'm going to paraphrase it. The question is. Zell. After all these years, are you mad at the guys who made the Rio Rico Splash It and other poppers that copied your early popars? That's a good question. That's a good question. That's legitimate.
4: That's a that's a good question. No, I I know who made the Rico. Uh, actually, the Rico and in the, in the uh, that baby, I think came from Don Ivino if I'm yep. not mistaken.
0: Yeah, or the Splash It. One of those two the did. Splash. Yeah. yeah
4: the, spl- the Splash It came from Don, and the Rico yeah. was sort of a knockoff. Irish for, Don. The Splash It. Yeah. And uh, what they did was, Don asked, I couldn't manufacture baits because I was already with the Rebel brand. Yeah. And he, I gave him a bait, and he sanded the whole face of it off because he didn't know how to sand it that's what he came up with was a flat faced what he was real good at was
5: the finish
4: that they put on that bait yeah Mm. i mean the finishes
5: were phenomenal so what i'm hearing is that he actually he didn't do that intentionally to to make the face of that bait flat he messed it up that was a mess (laughs) up and it ended up just kind of working he he sort
4: of messed it up but (laughs) it you know i know don very well and and um you know, I told Don. He would asked me a lot of questions, and uh, you know, I fished out there at. at I fished Lake Mead. I fished the U.S. Open for years, and it was funny. I've I've been out there five times. I finished seventh three out of the five times, and and one one of the top one hundreds out there. I think Van, that was the year Van Dam was the angler of the year. And yeah. uh, it uh, but Don he says, Man, I'm gonna make this bait. And I said, Well, that's I don't care what you do, <laughs> yeah. He, he was very successful with it for a long, long time,
0: yeah. That's crazy. It's gotta, Zell. I, I mean, I, I, I gotta imagine that looking back at the mass of people now that fish this lure that fish it in your style. All the lures that have been created since then, including uh, I'm holding up even some of these newer ones that you've created. It's got to feel good, right? You know, I I mean, I've done a few baits in my career, and it's always nice when you see people using it with success. How does that make you feel? Because that's, you know, that's such a big category. And there's so many people that have had success and caught their personal best or have won tournaments using this bait essentially because of what you did that's got to feel good
4: well it it does make me feel real good and it makes me feel like i've i've given something back to the sport of fishing and uh you know i um i've I've been thinking very seriously about getting with a company and have them make the baits that nobody's ever seen yet and uh i mean I've got some top order baits that I, I I promise you they nobody's ever seen them and uh, uh, I'd talked to Berkeley several years back and and I just couldn't do it because um, I I'm I'm like you are you you sign a deal with a company you're gonna be as loyal to that company as you can yeah and when COVID nineteen hit that changed the whole sport of fishing. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the sponsorship dollars went away immediately. And uh, so I've, I've sort of been waiting until there's a turn somewhere and then I'll find me a manufacturer and, and come out with a whole line of baits.
5: Yeah. How much of, so you're clearly like you're a, you're a tackle modifier. You're a bait creator. You like, you like creating baits that are going to help you catch more fish. How much of that has contributed to your fishing success over the years? Like just constantly thinking about how this bait is going to act differently. Like, would you say that was something that was super important for your career, just being a tackle modifier, or it's just something you like to do?
4: Well, when it, when it comes to top water baits, it's pretty critical because, and, and Mike could tell you this as well. If, if I gave Mike the same bait, I was catching him on. I know how talented he is when he gets in a boat and he, he's a hell of a fisherman and it would not take Mike two minutes to figure it out. And when he figured this out, if there was 10 of us that had the same bait, it's then it amounts to who catches the biggest one. Mm. That's all it amounts to. Yeah. And, and, um, but when you have a bait, when Mike has a bait that you don't have and I don't have, and he can make it work like it's supposed to work, he'll tell you he'll wear you out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, anytime I get to, I, I like to look at a fishing lure and, my words that come to me is how can I make it better than what you have and catch more fish on an artificial bait? Yeah. And, and it's, it's Mike's got a bunch of ideas in his head. I know him. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, he knows how to make things work. And, uh, there's certain baits that I have defaults with. I mean, I'm not that big of a, deep water crankbait guy like David Fritz was back in the day. And, uh, but uh, when it comes to, to a top order bait, I would rather catch fish on a top order bait than any other bait.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I did monitor another question too. And Zell, this one is coming from our very own, Pete Glusic and 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 Pete's a big fan of yours as well. Uh Pete's question basically is and and you know Pete always likes to get more into the technique stuff. So here it goes. What's one thing that guys do wrong with a pop R and what's one thing that they have to do right to make that pop bar work?
4: You know, I I think one of the biggest flaws that in, in in a in a popping type bait like the pop R, is a lot of fishermen will like to chug it and stop it yeah and and especially you know how you've made a cast before mike and you you fire the bait out there and you're working it and a fish rolls underneath
5: it
0: yeah
4: i think the biggest mistake a lot of anglers make is they stop the bait Mm. in the motion of it was trying to get away Right, when an angler does that it allows that fish an extra three or four seconds to take a good look at it yeah and a lot of times they they miss the fish um the best thing in my opinion in 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 working a lot of top order baits is to be, be able to create that cadence with that rod and reel right and and if you're really good at that you'll be very successful at fishing top water baits.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. It's interesting, Riz, because Zell said cadence and we've heard that uh, it's funny, Zell cuz as you talked about it, we've heard that from like guys that are really good jerkbait fishermen like Van Dam, we've heard about that cadence and that rhythm and how important it is. So it's interesting to hear that it's yep. just as important up top Especially as it on is a style, right like as that. it is on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, I, I do want to put you on the spot though, Zell, and all these questions coming in about top water and poppers, and we knew that was going to happen, right? That's, that's what you're known for. But I do want to put you on the spot and I want to say this and Brian DeCarpenter might get mad at me and and say I'm wrong, but I'm going to say it. You are one hell of a jig fisherman as well. And I, I would (laughs) honestly would put you up there with the, the very best jig fisherman alive, uh, Andy Morgan, maybe in, in the modern era, Denny and Tommy in the, you know, the older times, but dude, you're good with a jig. Mm. I, I mean, I know you're known for the popper, but you're good with a jig. It, oh. Do you like, do you like jig fishing as much as the, the top water? Or is it the same or? You,
4: you no, just I, right I, like to watch that, I, I like to watch that. I <laughs> <laughs> like to
0: watch
6: yeah. that line jump. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh,
4: you know, But the one thing I get to say that um, a lot of people will never get to say is in my career of fishing, growing up, fishing at a younger age, I have been in the boat with about every one of the, the greatest anglers that there's been. Yeah. The only guy I ain't been in the boat with yet
0: is you. Well, we're going to we're gonna fix that <laughs> sooner or later. <laughs>
4: you, you know, let me, let me, I'm, I'm going to give you a quick story about Kevin Van Dam. Okay. When I met Kevin, this is something I'll never forget as long as I live. I think it was one of his first tournaments. He came to Lake Lanier and there was me, and Rick Klein and Larry Nixon and Guido Hibden was standing there. And Kevin walked up. He wasn't shy. He walked up and he he looked at Guido Hibden. He said, Man, you're you're one of the greatest sight fishermen that's ever been. He said, I just want to shake your hand. And he shakes Larry or Guido's hand. He looks at Larry Nixon. He said, man, you're the all-time money leader. I just want to shake your hand. He sticks his hand out. And as he's shaking his hand, he looks at Larry and says, I just want you to meet the next all-time money winner. <laughs> and I said, hey, dang. <laughs> and uh, he looks He looks at Rick Kline, and he, he said, man, you've won back-to-back classics, or you've won three Bassmasters classics. I just want shake your hand and I want you to know I'm going to be the guy that wins four. Wow. <laughs> wow. I didn't want to shake his hand after this. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it? I, I got to fish with Kevin one time. We were on the Harris chain and that's, this goes way, way back when Mike Folkstad, I think it was like a mega, but well, I don't think it was a mega super top one hundred and fifty or something. Yeah, that tournament was won in three days with fifteen pounds. Wow, Dang. that was the total weight for three days. And what? I drew Kevin on the first day, and that was back when pros fished with pros.
3: Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, Kevin gets in the boat, or he. He walks over and we're having a chat about who's done what in practice. And I said, man, I said, Kevin, you know, it, it really, it really sucks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I said, uh, I got one spot. I think we can catch one or two pretty quick. Might be able to catch a few more, but I wouldn't count on it. He said, man, I ain't had a bite in three days. Wow. And, um, he said, uh, I'll just ride with you. I said, Well, I'll ride in your boat. <laughs> it ain't exciting to me. He goes, Oh, no, I want to ride with you. I said, That's fine. He said, What well, are we going to catch them on? I said, Tie you some kind of. Back in those days, it was the rattle trap. Yeah. I said, Tie you one of them on. And uh, so we pull up on this spot. It's about 50 yards long. He knows nothing about what's underwater. And, uh, we're going down this stretch of bank. I catch one, he catches another one. He catches a second one. I catch a second one. He catches a third one. This all took place in about 30 minutes. I get to the end of that stretch of bank. And I said, well, man, I said, I think we burned it up. I said, what do you want to do? He said, I think we ought to fish it again. And, uh, he said, every one of them fish happened to be on a little point of hydrilla that was underwater. You couldn't see it, but he knew that after one pass of fishing that yeah. feeling, feeling fill, the grass with that bait. And that, that was really very, that was very impressive for me to know that he could figure that out. Wow. In 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, that's that's deep, yeah. man. That's yeah. really deep because that is – what you're talking about, Zell, is having an understanding of your bait and what's in the water, right, and the feel for what's down there. That is a lost art today, right? In, in oh, the, yeah, it really is. In the day of side imaging and forward-facing imaging and this imaging and that imaging and $8 billion electronics – Guys have forgot how to. Yeah. Can, can, Got, can
1: we agree that Fisherman Live Scope is is the same as dating on Tinder?
0: It is
5: the same as dating on Tinder. I'll Rich, agree to that. Rich, thoughts? Rich? I mean, they both can be wildly effective if used correctly. If used correctly. If
0: used correctly they could, but, but, Zell, what I'm saying is, you know, that's a great story because, you know, I think that's still a great quality to have as a fisherman. Is the ability to feel and understand yep. the bottom with just your bait, and that's a that's a that's a great story. Where do you lie on this argument, Zell of technology? Because we had I, and I love uh, Randy. We've had Randy block it on uh, a little while while ago, and I love Randy. Randy's another hero of ours, great guy, but he's very anti-technology and and you know all this modern era, and he wants to go back. Where do you lie on all this modern technology stuff?
4: Well, I mean, I look at the younger generation, and these kids, they study them depth finders just like I used to read a book.
3: Yeah.
4: And they go out on the water, and they spend a lot of time. Now, when it comes to structure fishing, I mean I've caught fish back in the day. Back then we had flashers. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> and uh uh I could tell the difference between shad and and bass and yeah. by looking at that flasher. Now you have a picture yeah. that shows it. That and we've got uh we got GPS. We never had GPS. So, Mm -hmm. this is a reason why Randy's probably got an issue. Yeah. Yeah. If if I was to take your GPS out of the picture where you could not have waypoints, then I would say that would be a much better deal. Yep. Because what that waypoint's allowing you to do is if you were to receive information, you you type that waypoint in there and it takes you right to the meat. Right to the juice. Yep. Yeah. Right to the juice, right off the bat. Yeah. But this is what I'm going to say about that. If me and you go fishing, Mike, yeah, and we and and we don't have GPS. You're going to tell me, man, I got a drop off out here and it's got some fish on it. We're going to go out there and more than likely, we're going to pull up on your spot, fish a few minutes, and then you're going to hit the juice somewhere. And when you do, I'm going to look around to my left, my right in front of me, and I'm going to get me my own GPS coordinates is right there. (laughs) this This is what I mean by that. If you take me out and you catch five fish that weigh 25 or 28 or 30 pounds, do you really think that I ain't going to go back and find that?
5: (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know where I stand on it. Technology is what it is. Uh, But I, I do think there's something to being able to find fish without it as well. Yep. Let me remind everybody, you're watching a brand-new White Live. Of course, we've got the one and only Zell rolling on. It's awesome to have you on the show, Zell. Uh, if you've got any questions or comments, please hit us up. We're going to pass them through. Jake, let's, uh, let's get Zake. caught up. Jake, let's get caught up a little bit. I know you've got some questions coming through for Zell. What do you've got? What do you we, got from our, our, our viewers? What we you got, got a
2: couple things going on. Uh, Eric Toth was on the All-Star Rods Pro Staff with Zell said he had the best smile and was one of the nicer pros out of all the ones he's ever met. Well, <laughs> wow. Which says a lot. Wow. I'd agree with that. Zell, you do have a good <laughs> smile. I'd agree with that. And then we got a question coming from David Miller, and he wants to know about the Zell Rollins spook and any modifications. We kind of talked about the popper a little bit, but yeah. how about the spook doing any modifications to that?
0: Oh, okay. That's a good question. Stick bait, Zell? Any modifications on a walking bait?
4: Well, there's lots of things we do. We did to it, you know, you have fished one a lot as well, Mike. Yeah. And, you know, back in the old days, we had all we had was a two hook Zara spook. Yeah. And when a, a lot of times when a fish would blow on that bait, you couldn't hook him. Yeah. Because if, if he hit the bait dead center nine times out of 10, If you hooked him, you barely had him hooked and he was going to get off. And so I took a Zara spoot, and I downsized the hooks and readjusted the weight a little bit and, and you won't miss one on it. Right. If that, if the fish blows it, you're going to have him hooked somewhere.
5: Yeah. If
4: not with all three hooks. Yeah. the only modifications I've really done other than the, the hook and the weight was a lot of guys like them to rattle. Some guys don't like them to rattle. So if I if I want the bait to rattle, I'll, I'll drill a small hole in the top of the head and drop a few uh, lead BBs in there and, and put some silicone on it or something. The other thing back in the old days, <clears throat> anytime we found something fishing it was by accident a lot of times like we'd get a bait from a manufacturer and this bait didn't sound like the other three we had and as time progresses companies change the material in a bait which changes the whole bait
3: yeah
4: it could it could take a great bait and make it worse and it could take a worse bait and make it better
0: right yeah that's interesting to me. I, I do. I, I want to put you on the spot, though, with that question. Zell, were you actually the first one to design this, I guess, what we would call the this super spook, the three-hook spook? Were you the first one to do that? Yes. Wow. Whoa. I, you know I what's know funny? That. I am a huge fan of yours, and I fucking never I knew that I all I these years. Either. How did that one slip by me?
1: I think we need to do a drink in Zell's honor. I right think now. we I
0: think we need a shot Social. based on this right here. <laughs> Hold Man, on, let me raise my beer. At least we'll do a tin <laughs> cup here in a second.
4: Dude, that's Hell
1: amazing.
0: Yeah. How did Pretty I not know awesome. that, Riz? Dude, how did I not know that one?
4: I'll tell dot. you why you probably don't know that is when when I was with Predco Outdoor Brands, they wanted to put my name on a bait which I figured back in those days the more the baits that they'd put my name on would give me more exposure. So they came back to me and uh, we were sitting in a meeting and, I, and they asked me, they asked about five of us what kind of baits they needed. Well, all, a lot of anglers, and you know this as well as I do, they go, oh man, we need a pop R or all oh, we need a David Fritz crankbait yeah. or we need this. Yeah. I want to give anglers something that they ain't ever had before. Yeah. So I sit there and I told him, I said, look, put three hooks on this bait. <laughs> and I said, you'll make it better than what it is. Yeah. And uh, so I said, if you want to do that, we'll do that. But you're going to take my name off of the popper. I'm not going to let you just put my name on five different baits. Yeah. But so we came out with the three hooks there a spook, Head and decided how many colors you want. I said, well, I only need two. <laughs> I said, give me a baby bass looking one and one that looks like a shad. And uh, baby bass. And those were the only two that we came out with a signature series and some bright guy in the office decides we need to put his name back on the popper. We're going to discontinue the three hook Zara spook. And we signed Jimmy Houston. We're going to make a super spook and give him three
3: hooks.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, and man. That's why you see uh a super spook used to have
0: Jimmy's name. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How about that? That's probably why I had confusion there. Uh, well, Let me get Jimmy on. Yeah, okay. let's get Jimmy hey, on the other dog. line. Uh, Jake, do you have any more? Because I did have one that came through as well. I, I? I got one more. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: Um, what did Ike do? This question for Zell. Oh, okay. What did Ike do to gain the respect of the southern anglers uh, from that first time meeting him as the uh, the crazy guy? and then gaining the respect of the Texas anglers and the other southern pros. Wow.
0: That's a trick that's a trick question cuz everybody hated me except Zell. <laughs> Zell was the only one that
5: liked me. So that's a trick question.
4: Uh, you know, I I know a little of Mike's background growing up and going to college. You you do have a degree in marketing, right? Yes.
3: Uh-huh.
4: And <laughs> you know what people don't understand is That's the difference between Mike and Zell. Zell didn't go, I didn't go to college. (laughs) I should have, but I didn't. Mike went to college in case, he didn't make it in fishing, he could do something else. But because he got that degree in marketing, he knew how to sell himself. And the one thing that I will say about Mike is I don't care who you are, if Mike needs to get that camera I'm looking at on this screen, pointed right at him and take the other guy out, he can do it.
5: <laughs> 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 and, and, He's uh, going to uh, ugly. <laughs> you know,
4: and Mike has been a very successful angler his entire career. And I mean, winning the Bassmasters classic, that was a dream I would have loved to have had. And, um, uh, Angler of the Year, and and just all the titles that that he's accomplished. Only a small handful of anglers in this world's ever been able to do that. And uh, when you're able to do things like that, you you would be amazed at the amount of respect and and honor that comes with that. And and Mike deserves every bit of it.
1: Wow. Even though he's a damn Yankee. <laughs> Even though I'm a damn Yankee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, Yankee.
0: Well, I appreciate that, Zell. That, mean, that means a lot. Um, it should. It does really mean a lot, especially come from you. It's crazy. This is so surreal. This whole night is surreal for me, by the way. Uh, so this one's coming from Ken Duke. And, Zell, you know Ken. Ken is probably – sing. Riz, is he the single human being that knows more about the bass fishing he's history like, than anybody he, He's like uh, the bass fishing encyclopedia? He's the encyclopedia. <laughs> Right, you know, he's got a giant brain. We love Ken. Ken knows everything. <laughs> it's a he's a supercomputer. He's <laughs> supercomputer. Uh, but Zell's, uh, 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 Ken's watching and has a question for you, Zell. And this is, I'm so glad he asked it, because honestly. I was nervous to ask this question because I've heard <laughs> very – So we're going to blame Ken for I'm, to bl- I'm No, I'm glad Ken sent this because I was debating whether I wanted to ask this or not. I didn't know if I should because I don't know. I've heard so many different variations of the story over the years. It's almost become myth. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. You know like okay. when a story yeah. starts rolling – you don't know what the hell's true and what's false right. after you know 5 10 20 50 you know you don't know what's right anymore. I'm but to hear that. Ken's question <laughs> yeah, Ken's question is basically he says Zell heard you talking about the Lake Mead win earlier uh, in the conversation please tell us the story about the new tow vehicle and losing a boat over a cliff at Lake Mead. Oh. Oh my now, God. now, Zell, again, oh. I have heard this story, and I know this might be hard to talk about, even all these years later. But it, first of all, is this story even true? Because I've heard so many different versions of this over the years. Oh is yeah,
4: this... it's it's a, it's true. It is. <laughs> oh,
0: here we go. Oh, go ahead.
4: You know, my everybody. It, it's like when I was growing up, I was fishing with all these guys. Everybody would pull little pranks with everybody. And oh, no. oh God! I God. had so much stuff that was just bad that happened to me, not just every once in a while, but it was like every other tournament <laughs> that the guys gave me the nickname of master of
0: disaster. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you sound like <laughs> Brian, the carpenter yeah. a little bit. This is, this That's is, right. so we yeah. got to hang out, man. Yeah. Voltron. It's very similar. <laughs> yeah. When we
4: were at Lake Mead. Um, I think I was in like second or third place going into the last day and we all stayed at one of the, the big hotels in downtown Las Vegas. Everybody did that. All the anglers stayed at the same facility. I hooked onto my boat, it's like four in the morning, my partner gets in. Uh, I had a custom van because we used to sleep in them things. <laughs> when we were on the way to a tournament, there was no, we wouldn't get no hotel. We'd just sleep in the van. (laughs) Yes. uh, The van's the
3: bomb. Yeah.
4: That's it. it. And uh, we're on our way out to the lake and we get almost to the marina. We got about a half a mile. We got to make a bend in the road and go up a big hill and down to the boat ramp. Mm. And I go around that bend and I never knew but the boat came that I guess the boat came off somewhere. Ooh. And oh my god. I started up the hill and I looked over at the guy riding with me. I said, Man, I said, This band pulls this boat really good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. oh, no. oh my god. Oh, think no. There's nothing he, back there. He, oh, he goes, man. Yes, sir. He says, it really pulls it good. I said, Yes, pulling it like it ain't even back there. Oh man. <laughs> <God. laughs> <laughs> I looked in my rear view mirror or in my side mirror and I didn't see the lights on the fenders of the trailer. And I oh. stopped and uh, when I stopped I look in my mirror and all I see around that bend is a bunch of dust and it's oh. like you through a hand grenade back there. Oh. <laughs> so oh my God. all the all the other guys stopped on the highway I backed up and my, my trailer the boat had gone off the 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 trailer hit the side of a cliff and the boat came off the trailer and went about 30 feet down a ravine (laughs) and uh, the guy with me goes man he said what are we gonna do now (laughs) (laughs) i said well don't worry about it i said uh (laughs) hop out get all our rods and stuff out and I'm going back to Vegas, and I'll be back in a little while. Uh, so I I turn the van around. I drive back to Las Vegas, <laughs> and I'm telling myself, man, I got a chance to win. Back then, it was like $50,000. Yeah. I got a chance to win 50 grand. So, whosoever boat I see, and that parking lot means they rode with somebody else. I'm just going to hook on to the first oh. one I see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I went back. The first boat I saw belonged to Lonnie Stanley.
3: Wow. wow. Lonnie, and yeah. I hooked
4: on to Lonnie's boat and bought it back. And I, I made it. I was maybe fifteen or twenty minutes late, and the guy says, "What are you gonna do about your boat and trailer?" I said, "Oh man, don't worry about that. Somebody will get that out later." <laughs> <laughs> oh my
6: God! Wow,
1: Rich, you got you got, you got you got you got some oh, uh, man, tall, had some tall much shoes to fill there. Having.
4: Yeah.
0: Wow, that is an unbelievable story. I don't. I wouldn't have the wherewithal to be able to recoup from that moment, and you you just did it like that. And, you know, Las, on. Yeah, that's Las
4: Vegas is the only place I've ever gone. And if I win $10,000, it will cost me eleven before <laughs> I
1: leave there. <laughs> Zell, I think we're related.
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, what a story. Unbelievable. So it is no. true. It is true. I always wondered after all these years whether that story was true. What,
5: what happened to the boat in the in the trailer, the one that you dumped off the side of the cliff? Did you ever recover it?
4: Oh yeah. When I got back, the record service had pulled it out and I had a welder go out there and sort of cut the trailer up a little and get it straight. He he (laughs) cut the trailer up, got me a tongue on it. I loaded the boat on it. And back then Forrest Wood, I ran a Ranger boat and Forrest Wood knew about it. And he, he called me on, uh, while I was at the hotel, and he's because we didn't have cell phones then, he called me at the hotel, and he said, "Zell, man, on your way home, just come on up here to flipping <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and drop that boat off, and uh, you can take my personal boat. That way, you have one." Wow! They, How about it? They what? they ended up they totaled the boat, built me a new one, and had it ready to go in about thirty days. Wow! I mean that was pretty impressive. I have
1: times changed, dude. Times have changed. Wow, wow <laughs> times have changed. You
0: can't right now you can get the insurance guy to look at it. You can't days. right. You can't get the insurance guy to look at it. You can't even get a boat to be built right now in 30 months, God, let alone 30 own,
5: days. Rich, can I borrow your boat incredible. like that? That's What's crazy. That? It's in the dry. It's in the wow. garage.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What an amazing story. That's a, that's almost almost just unbelievable by the way it, i you, love the old stories. yeah you mentioned lonnie stanley uh rest in peace lonnie yeah, we're, we're great another great icon of the sport uh, yep. uh, unbelievable wow ken duke always pulls through for us with always. some great questions Ken's amazing yeah, yeah th- you
4: gotta watch ken
0: um <laughs> <laughs> uh, why, what do you
1: what do you got zell what do you have <laughs>
0: yeah we never get dirt on ken do you have any dirt on ken because it's always ken putting dirt on other people
4: you know I, I i didn't go this is the very first year that i did not go to icast and me too i, I just i with all the stuff going on i said you know i'm just and this was the first best Masters classic. I never attended. Oh man. Yeah. Me too.
0: And, uh, I,
4: I sort of stepped aside and I said, you know, I said, I'm just, I'm going to wait and see what the outcome is. But every year I've gone to ICAST last four or five years, Ken is his wife is, she is just a precious lady. Very, yeah. very sweet lady. Yeah. And, uh, I joke with Ken all the time. I said, man, that's my second girlfriend right there. (laughs) (laughs) But Ken Ken is, man, let me tell you how well he's taken care of. I've never seen a woman when Ken gets ready to go to work in the morning, she takes a roller and and rolls his shirt off, make sure he doesn't have any lint or anything on it. (laughs) And I'm going, I'm watching her. He fixes him breakfast.
1: He Ken over married by a Wow! <laughs> wow! That's
0: awesome! Wow! How Congratulations, about that? Ken! Ken's a lucky guy. That's great. Um, I, I wh- why we're talking about some of this stuff, Zell. This is one in my notes that I did want to talk about, and um, it relates to a tournament that's local for a lot of us, and. You know, you got to remember for us growing up here, uh, Rizzo, Jake, Brian, I, all of us, you know, we're in a part of the world where it's, it's not what you would call the hotbed, right, of, of bass fishing, right? A lot of pizza.
1: A lot of pizza. <laughs> not too we, many bass. Yeah,
0: we do food good. We do, you know, we do stuff right. But bass fishing's not great up here. So, you know, we had, you know, the Pittsburgh tournaments when the Pittsburgh Classic was there. That was pretty close. We had the Delaware River Tournament come. Which was a one in a million thing that'll never happen again. But well,
4: that was a good. I, I liked that
0: play. It was a yeah. It was a it was a good tournament.
4: You, you won that event.
0: I won that event. That's that's home <laughs> water for a lot of us. But when the classic came to the Upper Chesapeake Bay, that was a big moment for a lot of us. And and I vividly vividly remember, you know, the classic coming to the Baltimore area and them fishing the what we called the Bay. And it was a big moment because it was like, Oh God, you know, back then the fishery was challenging. It's yep. not the Bay it is now, but it was challenging, but it was home water. And we were so excited it's that, relatable. yeah, we, I, I can remember like it was yesterday, God, how many years ago it was, but we were so excited because we were going to show the world, get a glimpse, let the world get a glimpse that there was fishing in this part of the, of the world and in, in the Northeast. And, um, Man, what a tournament that was, Zell. And, and uh, y- you know, the, the the ups and downs of tournament fishing. And uh, I, I, that's another one where it's almost become legend or myth over the years of what happened uh, on that final day. And I, d- I, I want you to just br- even briefly talk about it because I've heard stories like scuba divers came in. The scuba divers were hired by one of the other competitors. I've heard so many bizarre stories over the years, but yeah. but take us back to that because you were catching fish that nobody could catch in the bay back then. I remember it well. Yeah, those Zell, those, <laughs> those, those those kind of weights, the weights that you were catching were unheard of. This was this was pre grass. You know, there was a very little amount of grass back then. It was. Man, God! If you, back then, if you would catch eight or ten pounds, it was a big bag, and you were just—it was like you were on a different fishery. And then, to, to walk walk us through that tournament because it was a it was a big moment for a lot of us here in the Northeast.
4: You know, I I had a good I, I had a really I went over there and I spent about eight days during our off before our off limits period. And I wanted to look at a lot of it Yeah. and it seemed like the Creek that we had put in there, I could catch 50 a day throwing a popper in there, but I could not catch any really decent three to five pound fish. Right. The quality, yeah, the quality. So I started, I made a run to the Susquehanna which from there I mean it's 45 minutes yeah and I saw some rip rap rock and I said man I said that looks real good and I eased over and I made a cast and I caught a five and then I caught a four <sighs> and then I caught another one about five and I said dang Ooh. <clears throat> and uh I fished a lot of the Susquehanna area and then fished a lot of it on the um uh, the pockets and little creeks that were up at that end of the lake. I, and I caught a lot of decent fish, a lot of good fish. Yeah. But when, it seemed like when I went into one of them pockets, when I got a bite, it'd be a quality fish, but I wouldn't get a lot of bites like I did on that riprap rock.
3: Yeah.
4: So I come back. We come back three or four weeks later. We start the tournament. The first day I bust them real good and I caught every one of them off at rip rap rock in about 30 minutes. And I said, well, it's all tidal water. So you got to catch the tide, right? The second day I caught them again, but not quite as good because I didn't catch the tide as good. But going into the last day I got, I, I have a very good chance to win if I just catch a limit and catch a five-pounder. Yeah. I made that long run. This stretch of riprap rock one maybe 40 yards long, maybe. Yeah. And uh I'll never forget it. When I pulled up there, there was a boat anchored on the riprap with a diver in the
0: water. Oh my god.
4: And there was a an oversized woman in that boat feeding that guy air hose, and I'm—he's literally swimming the distance of the rip rap up and down, and I'm going, Jesus, this is just terrific! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I've done, done run an hour to see this, and I—I I knew I wasn't gonna, you know, now. Was the people hired to be there? Were they paid to be there? You never know those things. right? Uh, so I I ran around sort of in a panic. Yeah. And I catch a little small mouth up in the Susquehanna. And I said, man, I, I keep waiting. I'd go by there. They'd still be there. Well, we had to weigh in back in at 2.45, and it's like 1 o'clock. And uh, I go by there. They're still there. I said, geez, I'd made such a long run to catch them. And uh, exactly about, oh, I don't know, I'm going to say 1.15, 1.20, they were gone. And I pulled up there, and about the third cast I make, I catch it one over five. Oh, wow. And I said, man, I, I'm looking at my watch. It's all a time thing. I said, you know what? <clears throat> we got 45 minutes. We got about 10 more minutes to fish. So I fished with... let. I, I had about nine minutes to spare if I make the run back and I can run wide open. So I decide I'm going to leave. I run because I had an area there near takeoff. I could catch a limit in a few minutes if they were biting. Yeah. So I pull up there, I make the long run back. And as I'm pulling into the pocket, Jimmy Houston's sitting there oh reeling God. one in. Oh my <laughs> and God. And I'm wanting to just cry. And uh, I I throw the trolling motor down. I'm fishing towards Jimmy. I catch one. I lose one. I catch another one. I lose one. I catch one. Now I got, all I need is one more. Yeah. And I look at my watch and I got a minute. And uh, I got about two minutes. And the check-in boat is sitting out there behind me. So Jimmy goes, how many do you got? I said, man, I said, I got six. I got one good one and five little ones. I said, one more. And uh, I turned the boat around because I got to get towards that check-in boat. And Jimmy yells at me and he says, see that pocket up in front of you? he said, I lost about a three or four pounder there this morning. I make that cast that you'd make on your final cast as long as you can make it. When the bait hit the water, the fish blew up on it. And I set the hook and I, I told, I was fishing with Steve Price. And I said, man, I said, I got him. And, uh, I'm reeling this fish to the boat. I'm literally on my knees with my ride down in the water, huh. hoping he don't jump. Yeah. And all I can hear Jimmy say is don't let him get off. Oh my <laughs> God. Know? <laughs> and I'm reeling him More to the gym. boat and the fish gets about six, seven feet away and he comes up. And when he jumps, I don't see the bait. I know it's in his throat. And I said, man, I said, I, I said it again. I said, I got him. And when he, all of a sudden the bait floated up. Wow. Oh man, you could have, you could have taken all the gas out of my car. And my, I would have walked 50 miles and felt better. Oh but when that, fish, when that fish come off, you know, I, I knew right then that was my chance. Yeah. And I'm watching the way in and I'll never forget it as long as I live. Rick Klein walked up beside me. He put his arm around me and he says, you know, he said, you're one of the best that there's ever going to be. And, uh, he said, you'll get another chance one day. And, oh man, it was, it was depth. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like you, Mike, Kevin, knowing that if you, if this fish measures
3: yeah. like,
4: with Jim bitter, yeah, remember that?
3: Oh yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. He measures the fish on yeah. the deck and it goes out, yeah, it cost him winning, yeah, and he'll never forget that and i will never forget yeah. I'll never forget that scuba diver sitting on that rock, yeah, that <laughs> is I'm like angry for you, man,
0: I know I know, and here's the <sighs> thing we've we've all had that happen, right we've all had that oh, yeah. moment happen, yeah. it's just varying degrees of tournaments yeah. like oh, yeah. i've had a I had a big one throw my You know, a big one on three rivers in Pittsburgh at the FLW Championship. Big one being a (laughs) (laughs) 13-incher. And I only weighed four that day, and it cost me that tournament. I lost by three ounces to Hackney. So we've all had that moment. But but for it to be go down like that with this, like, how freaking, you know what I mean? Like, just crazy. (laughs) On a positive note, I want to tell you this, though. That area you fished, to this day, you know, is known as Zell's Marina. That Marina there has <laughs> been a lot of a lot of money won on that riprap and in that Marina over the years. That's known as and Zell's not Marina. Not a single
1: scuba diver. Not since. a single
0: scuba diver since. Never once. Never saw him. But um, the other thing I want to say is that you really, you know, that tournament you influenced so many people watching, and especially for us up here in the Northeast yeah. and. You aspired us to keep continuing in the sport so thank you for for that tournament thank you for your career holy shit man you've you've affected so many people oh, man. in a positive way it's it's hard to even talk about it because a lot of us are doing what we're doing we're, you know I'm in the sport that I love because of watching guys like you over the years and i, I can't I can't thank you enough for it man
4: oh man it, you know it's been an honor to be able to watch guys like yourself, come into the sport and be so successful, it makes me feel good that you did good. And you've taken not, and and I'm saying this true from the heart, there's not that many guys out there today that could even help you carry a tackle box because of what you've done in this sport and all the good you've given it and, and uh, I'm dying to know one thing yes yeah It'll I want be. to know what you're going to fish next oh, oh my <laughs> damn it. I, it I
0: flipped the script why does this always happen
4: <laughs> get himself now did, let Ooh. me ask you something did you you qualified to fish the Toyota series. As a matter of fact, I got two questions for okay. you. Okay. And you qualified to fish the elites, which, if I know you, I'm gonna say you'll probably go fish the elites just to do it one more time, because I would love that opportunity. Yeah. And uh, I miss the people. Yeah. That because that's where I grew up was yeah. over there. Yeah. uh, You know, somebody asked me, but here, you'll probably make my mind up what I decide to fish in 2022. Oh. Because I I got a question and I want to know what your true thought is. Yeah. Because we've all faced this before. Yeah. But now it's in your generation. they have gone up major league fishing's going up on the entry fees yeah to 6000 what per, per tournament wow and the payout is not going to change or has not changed to this point right how do you feel about that
0: Whew, yeah they they're all they're all great questions and i i would uh I would echo what, what you said, which is there's something about being involved in an organization where it's what you knew, right? It's what you knew growing up. It's why you got involved in the sport, yeah. the people, right? And and I'd be lying if I told you, Zell, that Bass, there's not something special at Bass there, right? There is. there is, right? There's something special. It built my career. I watched your career there. I wanted to fish professionally because of watching that organization and watching you guys as a kid. So there's something special there, and, and, and you can't deny that, right? right. Um, you know, so uh, not taking anything away from MLF or the different formats, But I have a connection to bass. I know you do. I think a lot of people do. And that's a real connection, you know. And then the second part of that question is, man, I I feel like Rizzo. I feel like we talk about it every show. And every time I talk about it, it makes me more and more, I don't want to say angry, but more and more anxious about it. Which is at some point, damn it, the anglers have to have some kind of voice in their fate and destiny. And it's yeah, and it stinks that all these years later, right, Zell? You you've been in it since 1970. All these years later, we still don't have a say. Why isn't the why? Why are the entry fees going up and the payouts aren't? So why
1: the the no entry fee league went from zero to six thousand in four years?
0: Yes, yes, it did. That's not. Yeah. That's that's you bad.
1: Know, that's not. Okay. That's not gradual that's at all. That's bad. That's not okay. That's ba- <laughs> really bad. That's bait and switch
0: as a mother. It's pretty well. <laughs> things have happened too. COVID's happened. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah. All right. But still, maybe you know what I mean, Zell? I wish, at some point, like in my lifetime, I want to see the anglers be able to get some kind of power and say over their own destiny and fate.
4: You know, one of my biggest goals growing up, you don't think of it when you're younger but as you get older and you know it's i get asked all the time when are you going to retire i said is there an age for that (laughs) 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 i I mean i still have the same passion mike has for okay so i'm i'm if you're a professional angler and that's all you've ever done there is no such thing as retirement yeah There'll become a day where I sit there and I say, you know, it's time for me. Now, I'm not going to fish as many. Yeah. Um, When COVID hit, I mean, sponsorship money went, it was going out the window faster and you could try to get something. Yeah. I lost a lot of sponsorship dollars. So I sit there and I said, what am I going to do? And um I my little brother, my baby brother, I think he prints million dollar bills. (laughs) That's a nice thing to have. He owns one of the world's largest disaster cleanup companies. Mm. So I'd worked for him. (laughs) I worked for him, oh, probably ten years ago, and I said, nah. I'm going to end up killing you before I leave there. (laughs) When COVID hit, they happened to have a hurricane that went into Lake Charles, Louisiana. And I spent seven months living in hotels over there, cleaning up the disaster, the most disastrous stuff you could ever imagine. Mm. and I get a passion in the state of Louisiana, that's a sportsman's paradise of the world. If you if you live there, you either fish or hunt or you don't live yeah. there. Yeah. And I caught so many red fish, I got tired of snatching them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every day at work, the boys would go, where are you going? I said, well, y'all eating lunch? I'm going to go over here and catch fish. But uh, I manage anywhere from 10 to 30 big rig trucks on a daily basis. And uh, just helping people clean up whatever it is they got left. Yeah, And uh, somebody, you know, it's like I told my little brother, I said, man, I look at the amount of money, but somebody has to clean it up.
5: Right. And
4: uh, I'll do the, I'll do the things that you're not supposed to do. If, if I know it helps this guy that fishes every day and, and uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I hang out with a lot of guys that hunt and fish and, and uh, you know, they, they get a kick out of it. Cause I, I took my boat up to Kentucky and spent three months in Kentucky up there where Bill Taylor lives. And, uh, I had my boat with me and one of the guys says, man, you're going to take us fishing. I said, you don't want to go fishing with me. He goes, Oh yeah. He said, I want to whip on you. Good. I said, really? <laughs> I, said, I said, I'll give you that chance. And, uh, I took him fishing and, and, uh, after I caught about fifteen or twenty, and he ain't caught one yet, he looked at me about two o'clock in the afternoon, and he goes, "You know what?" I said, "What?" He says, "There's no way I'd do what you've done for a living." <laughs> <laughs> it's a
0: reality check.
4: <laughs> That's a reality. Check. No, I, I, uh, I've got such a passion to compete. And be with guys like Mike. I don't want to quit yet. Yeah. I just don't, I don't have it in me to say, I'm not going to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, I can tell you, Zell, as a, as a fan of yours for a lot of years, I hope you don't. I want, I hope you compete till you cannot compete anymore. I would love to see you, uh, continue in the quest to keep winning. I'm a competitor whether I'm fishing a winter league around the house with 10 boats, 10 John boats, or I'm fishing a big tournament. I fished a U.S. Open last week. You know, when you're a competitor, you you fish to win. You fish to be the best on that day and to beat the fish. And I know that's why you do it. And I, and I wish you the best. I want to keep seeing you doing it.
4: Well, uh, uh, matter of fact, how was the U.S. Open?
0: Tricky. <laughs> 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 tricky, tricky, tricky. That was the first time I've ever been there, and uh, it was 100 feet low. 100? Uh, 100 feet low. 100. 100 feet <laughs> low. 100 feet low. That's 10 stories. Big like ramps. That's pretty low. Um, it was a unique fishery, and it was a it was a grinder. And, and so, you know, I actually, uh, I, the, the scenery was beautiful. I couldn't concentrate because it was so gorgeous, the mountains and everything, but it was a grinder tournament. You know, when I look at it, it took about eleven, eleven and a half pounds a day to win that tournament. That's what Roy won with—about eleven and a half pounds a day. That is extremely difficult. Yeah. I caught nine five zero oh, and seven eight eight, so sixteen something pounds, mm-hmm. and I came in twenty-fourth place out of two hundred boats. So, very <laughs> difficult tournament, but chall- yeah. But but I like it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, very st- statistically. Us. I like it, and I want to go wait, back again. Wait, what, you what know? was it again? Sadistically.
1: I, sadistically? I may, I may yes. fish
4: it next year. I, I miss going Does out that there mean? for that event.
0: You should That's come true. back out, Sal, especially, especially because you've won there. Sadistically yeah. speaking. Right, it, sadistically it, speaking.
4: It, it's a, I knew it was 100 feet low or close to it. That's why I asked you how it fished. And uh, I don't I, I saw where Klein had gone out there. I think Rick was out there too, wasn't
0: he? Rick was there. Rick had a really good second day. I think Rick caught almost ten pounds the second day, which was which was awesome. Uh, but you know, the interesting thing was you you can't throw at anything. There's not a piece of brush <laughs> in the water. There's not a not a tree, not a limb, not a stick, like. It's an interesting fishery when you're statistically speaking. Statistically speaking, you're not throwing at anything. Right, it's open water. Yeah. I knew they
4: put smallmouth in
0: there. Yeah, smallmouth have changed it too. They've kind of, they've kind of changed the tide of species there. They should do a miscellaneous. They should do a miscellaneous. I would, I would have, yeah, I would have won with, I would have won with striper. Really? Miscellaneous. Hell yeah. Bonus miscellaneous. Hell yeah. I had about twenty <laughs> pounds of stripers the second day. Nice. Hell yeah. Those
1: are fun to catch. They are fun. <laughs>
0: Wish they would have counted in the event. Uh, <laughs> Zell, I, 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 I'm, I'm serious. I'm sitting here and I'm still like kind of like uh, miffed that I got the pleasure and the honor to have you on tonight. Like, this, this seriously. Like, I, I'm looking at Brian. He's, he's got a smile on his face because this is not even real to us to have you on here to tell the stories to give us the inspiration. Still, all these years later. I can't thank you enough for coming on the, on the show tonight, Zell. It's, it's just some real for me.
4: Well, Mike, one of these days I'm going to get to get in a boat with you. I'd yeah, like that. Please
0: I'd, that I'd happen, like actually. that a lot. I would really like that. That would be a dream come true for me. I, I, I wish. I hope that happens. I hope that happens.
5: That's well, the content the fishing world really needs. That's
0: right what we there. really need. You want to talk about like views? You know. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so we have
1: we have a trip that we need to make happen. Okay, and Louisiana is one
0: of the options. I think. Uh, I think so we. So maybe you could tie it up. This together. is a double, double deal here. Yeah. This yeah. is a double deal. Yeah. All right, we're, we're, Zell, we're going to talk off off camera here a little bit. We're going to we're going to send some text messages. Yeah. We have yeah. some ideas here on how we can make yeah, this happen. We're all no. about to be thirty
4: years You're old. and we will do it, buddy. That's
0: awesome, Zell. Thank you for coming on the show tonight,
4: Zell, baby. Thank you so much, Mike, and, and I look forward to seeing you soon because, I, like I said earlier in the show, I, I miss seeing a lot of you guys, and
0: you're one of them. Yes, sir. I miss seeing you too. Zell Rowland, everybody. That was awesome. Yes. Be good, Zell. Thank you.
5: bye Man,
0: unreal. Alfred, that's Isn't, so that cool. <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Now, Jake, I want to put you on the spot. I know we talked earlier, like, Zell is a little before your time. Yes. Yep. But you have anglers like this. You mentioned Edwin. You mentioned a couple guys that, you know, fill that void for when you were, you know, you were that age coming up. And you watch these guys, and you're like, holy shit. Was, that was Zell for a lot of, lot of people in their 40s and 50s, you know. That a lot of people awesome. our age. Yeah. You know,
2: and I can tell through you know the stories and <sighs> and the accolades that he holds. It's like, unbelievable that you know he he's one of the best. Yeah, and and, and the I, way
1: you look at you know Brian the Carpenter, it's how we look at Zell. Right,
2: right, right. You, you Brian the totally Carpenter on Sunset yeah, is yeah, the yeah. Same, same. Right. Thing, same thing.
0: <laughs> I didn't I didn't press Zell enough about it though the jig thing, and I mentioned it, and then uh-huh. it kind of we got talking about something else. But dude, half his wins are with a black and blue jig. Yeah, that's not a joke, dude. Lake Mead. He won on a purple and brown jig, but he won on a jig. Mm. But Gunnersville, color, there's another major jig, win. You're on a tough body of Dude, water. he was uh-huh. one of the, Shh. he was one of the early guys to fish a half ounce black and blue with a satfire trailer, like early, early, like before satfire was a thing.
4: Yeah, satfire. Satfire.
0: Hold on, let me put that on the list. Put that on the list. And Brian DeCarbenter, you're gonna like this one. When Zell was with Pradco, Zell's jig of choice was the old Riverside. Uh, was it? Stone jig? stone jig. The old original. No, yeah, the Riverside the jig. The Riverside jig, which oh. was the basis for the stone jig all those years later. That was Zell's Damn, jig.
1: Damn, why didn't we talk about the Riverside I know, jig? I know, I know. Well, it, you know, ah. we had so
0: much. Dude, it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> we had so much on the list. I know. But he was, I would, I would venture to say he's a better jig fisherman than he is a topwater fisherman. That's not a joke. How dare you? I, well, well, I would say it. Wow! Ask you Kendu. know
5: he's into it because he said he I like to see that line. Junk. Oh yeah, he's he's a flipper,
0: man. Yeah. <laughs> he's a flipper for sure. But that was uh, that was unbelievable, man. If you're watching tonight, dude, I, I'm I still kind of I'm shook up a little bit because yeah. that was one of those interviews that's really groundbreaking. He is the goat of one of the goats of bass fishing. Really changed the sport, top water fishing for sure. I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. But here's the good news, Brian. We're gonna take a little break, uh-huh. right, Jake? Yep. We're gonna take a little break. When we come back, dude, we got another one that's just as good. Yeah. More of a modern-day goat. And he's not really a goat. He's more of a hawk. He's more of a bird. He's more of a bird of prey. <laughs> uh, birds of prey. Bird of prey. Of prey. But uh, Roy Hawk joining us in the next segment, and uh, it's going to be just as good. want you to hang in there with us. When we come back, more I Clive like Four-and-a-half-inch drop shot worm. Man, that shit. Bam-a-bug.
6: Finesse jig, PB&J. Give me something hard. Hey, DVD here. Now, I didn't always know this much about fishing. Three-ot, no, 4 EWG worm hook. In fact, there was a time when I couldn't tell the difference between a jerk bait and a stick bait. But then I signed up for Mystery Tackle Box, the original monthly tackle subscription, and now I know more about fishing than I do about calculus. And he knows a lot about calculus. Plus, I get amazing extras like free fishing magazines. October 2016. Featured article, four places to throw a frog. Exclusive decals. (coughs) Zombie bass. And how-to videos for all the great baits I receive. How to tune a crankbait. Is that underwater footage I smell? I got goosebumps. So if you're looking to develop enhanced fishing abilities like me, or you just like getting new tackle every month, go to mysterytacklebox.com and get your box today. live minnows. Is it lunchtime already?
0: Nature's candy. Oh.
6: Look
0: at this, this stuff. Puck. That's one of the keys this scent right here, right? It's it's not liquid. It's almost it's almost like a paste. And when you put that on that hard bait, this is on a Rapala X-Rap, it just sort of coats it. And I love it because it stays on there. You know, I've used scents in the past where you put that scent on, two or three casts later, it's gone it's gone. You don't have it on there this last 20 30 40 cast dude the thing I love about this stuff watch I want I want you to watch this as Brian puts this on look at the look at the material right you've got this is we're using shad today so it's got natural bits of shad in there it's got enzymes aminos it's
1: that sticky icky it's that
0: sticky sticky you know if you know you know yeah
1: dude no 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 jig, nothing, just liquid mayhem on a bare hook. <laughs> liquid mayhem. The bottle of liquid mayhem. You, know?
0: you take pride in your boat, so it deserves the best protection possible. Our durable woven fabric prevents ripping and provides UV protection, and our tape seams provide protection against the elements. The heavy-duty shock cord hem and strap and buckle system provide a tight and secure fit. Our top-of-the-line boat covers come with a ventilation system to keep your boat free from mold buildup. Empire covers, protecting what you love. This is your tackle, not that kind of tackle. You use it to catch this, or this, or this. You also use this and that and these. This, this is your environment. So is this. You love it, live for it, but it will turn this into that. This is the Flambeau Z-Rust Max Tuff Tainer Series. These are fully infused with exclusive Z-Rust BCI anti-corrosion technology. This is a U.S. naval battleship. The same Z-Rust technology used here has been used on those to protect advanced weapon systems from corrosion in conditions like these. For the fish, it's invisible, odorless, tasteless, and for you, it's FDA-safe anti-rust protection for a minimum of five years. This is the next level of tackle management. Not that kind of management. This is the flambeau legacy of tackle systems. What's your tackle worth?
4: It's more than who you are It's who you're with and it's more than what you do It's where you do it tin cup mountain whiskey